From the beautiful Art House Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, this is The Pivot, stories of people who've made a change. Welcome to The Pivot. So glad that we are back. We had a, a hiatus of a couple months uh, while well, I got this next season up and going, and I am so, so excited for you to hear the conversations that I've had in the past few months. Um, I think you're just going to love uh, what's coming up. So today's guest is Sho Baraka. Sho is a rapper uh, from Atlanta. He is... Uh, well, he does about a million things. You'll you'll hear about that in the podcast. Um, just a fascinating individual. And, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast who I was a big fan of when I was a kid or earlier in my life. Um, but as I've grown up, we've become peers. They've become friends. Uh, I'm still really appreciative of their work, but I'm, I, I wouldn't say that I'm maybe like a huge fan of them anymore. Uh, they're my friends. Show, I'm a fan of. I just think he's fantastic. Um, this is the second time we'd met, uh, but it was the uh, first time we got to have a really great conversation. Uh, but I just love his music and listen to it a lot and think he's fantastic. So disclaimer there, I'm a fan. And you should be too. You need to check out his records, um, specifically the narrative, which we'll talk about a little bit, and this new one, So Many Feelings. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, I want to give you guys a little Andy O update. So in the past few months, um, uh, I finished a solo tour, which was really fun. Uh, finished up a couple records over at the Art House. I am now currently at a Young Life camp in Arizona, a place called Lost Canyon. Uh, I'm here with my family. We'll be here for four weeks of campers coming through, and I'll be playing music and helping tell uh, kids about Jesus. Really, really uh, love doing this, and I'm excited to get to be here. So the next few weeks of the podcast will be coming out of camp here at Lost Canyon, uh, but the conversations were recorded last month at the Art House in Nashville. So I uh, just want to give you a heads up there. But in a bigger sense, the pivot, uh, this whole podcast about change and career, and um, you know that's been just a real fascination for me the last couple of years. And so I need to let you know um, that when we get home from camp, 1st of July, I'm starting a new role uh, at Integrity Music as their director of A&R. And so I'll be overseeing artists and uh, producers and writers and looking to help kind of build a new roster for them. And really excited about that opportunity. Some amazing people there. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll keep doing the podcast. I'll keep doing a few shows and I'll keep my studio. But kind of as a nine to five, I will be uh, doing the label thing again. Yeah, wanted to let you guys know about that. I'm excited about it. And um, But what I love about this podcast is that it's not my story. It's a chance for me to get to find other people's stories and share them with you. So I'm really excited that you're going to get to hear from Sho Baraka. Again, one of my favorite artists and really just a valuable voice um, in our current climate and um, culture that we're in. So I should say, too, uh, I would really appreciate Sho making time to come over. Uh, he had just been a par big part of the uh, the Q conference, which is held in Nashville every year, and he was speaking and moderating and uh, just doing a lot. And was on his way home from that back to back to Atlanta, um, and went out of his way to come and hang out with me and have this conversation before getting back to his family. And so I really appreciate that. That was kind of him, and uh, I know you're going to love this conversation with Show Baraka.
First, we have two new sponsors for this next season of the podcast, and I'm really, really excited about it. New in Nashville is brought to you by the Nashville Institute for Faith and Work. Do you ever struggle to understand if your work really matters and how it fits into the grand narrative of life? Well, the Nashville Institute for Faith and Work is asking and answering questions just like this every day through ongoing events, programming, and resources. Join them soon at one of their upcoming summer programs like their five-week Faith and Work 101 course or by applying to Gotham, their flagship nine-month Faith and Work Leadership Intensive. Be sure to use the code THEPIVOT, one word, for a 10% discount on any of their upcoming events and connect with them online at nifw.org. Also, we talk a lot on this podcast about counseling and how important it is to have an outside guiding perspective as we move through the challenges of life. That's why I want to tell you about an online high-quality counseling service called the Global Counseling Network. Because of GCM's unique platform and perspective on counseling, you'll be able to meet with your counselor wherever you are and whenever is best for you. They offer the highest quality counseling with the most flexibility available. Your journey will continue at your pace, uninterrupted by travel, schedule, or the rhythms of life. They're there for you wherever you are. Transition is too important to try to navigate alone. Get the help you need and start with a counselor today at globalcounselingnetwork.com. I feel like for somebody to be as diverse as you are with all the different things you have going on, that seed must have planted early. Like, what was your childhood like? How did you end up having so many things that are yeah. fascinating to you? That's a good question. I think there's um there's a bit of different people, like different influences in my life. I think about my mother who has always been somewhat of an activist. Um, though she never got to like flesh that out in her actual like vocation, mm. but around the house she would always have you know we would read certain things she would always impress certain ideas on us and uh, she always had a heart for like the oppressed and the marginalized and we would always be very intentional about certain conversations in our house so i think that um definitely comes from my mom my father was an athlete and so uh you know things that regard athletics and uh being competitive i think came from him I had an aunt who worked in Hollywood, and so she worked on a lot of like TV sets, and so she would bring us on set. Oh, wow. And, How fun. Yeah, and so I think the artist uh, in me comes from like some of her influence. And then just I had older brothers who just love music, yeah. uh, older brother who you know used to rap. And so um, you, you take all of that, you know, and they just create this wonderful like intersection of who I am right now. And uh, I think uh, as I've continued to grow, those things have matured as well. Yeah. So at what point did you get into music? Like how early were you rapping? I, I, think, I, I think I wrote my first legitimate rap when I was 15. And the reason why I remember that because I said like <laughs> how old I was in the rap. I was well, like, That's a good way to remember that. So, yeah. yeah, I remember. But then I think it was like 17 and 18 is where I actually formed a group. Okay. Well, I, I didn't form a group. I was a part of a group, actually. A friend of mine formed it, and we were pretty serious. Like, we actually were trying to get signed with labels. Okay. Um, one of the individuals in our group, his father and mother, were, like, our managers, and they worked with, like, some pretty big artists. Um, so I grew up in California as context clues for people who heard Hollywood or whatever. And so we, we had some pretty... We had some... Um, some uh, some connections to record labels and people, and so we we got pretty close to to landing some deals, but we had to make a decision because um, we were all graduating from high school, yeah. 
And the the question was, is do you want to continue to pursue this or do you want to go to college? And my father was like, you you going to college. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not going to college, you ain't living in this house. So okay. I made the decision to go to college. And so, um, yeah, I kind of put down music. And then in college, I picked it up a little bit later. I picked it back up, like, towards my later soft junior, senior year, I think it was. Yeah. Huh. So where'd you go to school? I went first. I went to school at Tuskegee University in Alabama. Okay, and then That's I pretty went far to, from California. Yeah, I wanted to get as far away from California as possible, um, but I also wanted to go to a historically black college and university. Yeah, and so the West Coast doesn't have any HBCUs, and so I mm. went to uh, Tuskegee. Then I went to school at University of North Texas in Denton. Yeah, um, and spent a little time in seminary at uh, in North Carolina. What uh, what seminary? Southeastern. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not enough to actually. That my, my name is not in, on any <laughs> documents. <laughs> I went there long enough to know that. Money, yeah. yeah. That I didn't want to go there. <laughs> not like this school in particular, but just seminary in general. I was like, okay. yeah, seminary is not for me. Okay. Yeah. Because you started rapping like professionally, like later in your. Yeah. Like you weren't. Yeah. You weren't doing it for a living, like right out of college, right? No, I, I was a film. I was a film studies and uh, film television and a, a radio major. Um, with other things, uh, I want the consistent theme in my life is I've never focused just on one thing. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I focused mostly on film. So I did a lot of like small projects, did music videos, worked on some uh, features, uh, acted. And so that was that was somewhat of my primary focus. And but I continued to do features for people, like for guys who I were um I was on the label with they would ask me to do like a song here and there for them or do a song on a compilation album and they continued to like ask me like hey man why don't you just do an album why don't you do an album and I and I I've always you know I just wrestled with this idea of like I don't know if I would be excited to enter into like Christian music market sure so the, um, so your friends that were on a label were they doing Christian Yeah they were yeah it was a Christian label okay so and then eventually uh I made a decision in 2007 to release an album Okay. So yeah, that was my first professionally like first album. I remember when it came out. I went to like the bookstores and everywhere. Took pictures. I was like, oh my oh, gosh, yeah. this is crazy. I remember so, that feeling. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Isn't that? yeah. So okay, so when you were how how were you paying your bills then before that? Do it in the film work. Where, did you have a specific role on all my of wife films? was paying the bills. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> my wife. I was staying on that. What did she do? Um, she was she was a teacher. Okay. And she also worked at a residential treatment facility as a, uh, I don't know her technical term, but she she did like art therapy and um, something else. Like she just helped manage in some form of capacity. Yeah. Uh, so she graduated before I did. And so she was actually in her career field and I was still in college trying to figure things out. And once I graduated, I was... Uh, I was working odd in jobs here and there, and I would do like the video projects on the side to, yeah. to get extra money and whatnot. Um, but then once the music began to pick up, she she stopped working and okay, yeah. So did it pick? Did it did it happen pretty quickly? Uh, yeah, it, it, honestly, it did. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it kind of it was shocking. Like, was, was that a part of the one one six? Yeah, I mean, so there was right. there was already a, a yeah there was a there was a lot there. of heat going on. Yeah, so it was a you know we, there had already been a, somewhat of an established audience and platform. Yeah, and so we jumped in, like traveling and touring pretty pretty soon into so my. Career. What made you decide to do that record? How old were you when you made that? Uh wow, that was two thousand seven. So that was about. I was 28, I think, or 27, okay. 27, I think. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, I, um, did hmm. it feel like a gamble? Did it feel like it was like it's something you're supposed to do? That's a good question. I can make some number real quick and say, yeah, I'm, yeah, like right. I'm a risk taker. <laughs> <laughs> I just throw caution to the wind. Uh, nah, I, I, I think I'm being honest with this answer. I, I, yeah, I think it was somewhat of a gamble um, because I, I had a nice job at a, at this point, um, I was working, so I did skip something. My wife and I were both working. She um, was working um, as a as a as a musical ther- I mean, a, a art therapist. Mm-hmm. I was working at an insurance company. Oh, and um, doing what? Uh, uh, what do you call them? The um, not it's not write ups. It's uh, over not overwriting. Uh, oh, underwriting. Uh, underwriting. Yeah, underwriting. There you go. <laughs> I was doing underwriting. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it was, I mean, it was an easy job. Like, I would just take phone calls, file it, you know, mm-hmm. talk to agents. And I was making a decent amount of money for somebody who just graduated college. And, sure. Um, and was trying to figure things out. And um, I knew I couldn't do both. I couldn't, you know. And I think we were just, we just had our second child. And so we had to make a decision on, like, someone has to stay home. So eventually, I quit the job. My wife yeah. continued to work. I quit my job and I would take uh, concerts every now and then, like when it was convenient for our family. Okay. And then once it began to pick up, that's when she stopped working. Okay. And so that was about two years, I think, into my, or yeah, about two years into my career. Yeah, I mean that's a big step for both of you. Yeah, it was it was interesting. So I know what it's like to be a stay at home father. Like I know people mm. talk about that, and that's why I have so much like empathy for you know, for and and I look. I think being a stay-at-home mom is is something that you have to be. Uh, I mean, is honoring, but I know every woman doesn't feel that's their call to that. Yeah. Um. And so for me, being a, a you know a, a a man who is at home with his children, I know how it can it can be lonely, and you can get to a place where you're looking around, you're like, I just need a dope conversation. So I, just need <laughs> I need somebody who just understands just logic, basic logic. That Bas- basic logic. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was uh, it was it was it was pretty. Deep for both of us, especially when she stopped working, and uh, and I began to kind of travel because, I mean, we weren't doing extremely well, but we were doing well enough to you know maintain yeah a living in the sense of uh, you know a decent apartment with two little kids. So. Okay, and where were you yeah. living at that point? That was Texas. That was Texas. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, because oh, that's where you went, had gone to college. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Got it. So yep. Okay, so you did that first. You did that first record, and then uh, so that was. And then at some point you transitioned to Humble Beast, which is when yeah, you sort of about ten, got on my radar. About nine years later. Nine years later. Yeah, so what was later. what was that? What was that season? Were you touring kind of all the time? Was it just put out a record, tour it, put out a record, tour Pretty it? Pretty much, yeah. That was that was the that was the um, that was the cycle. Yeah. And there was a there was a year there was a year maybe two year actually season where there was a there weren't a lot of concerts coming. And not a lot of a lot of offers to tour. Yeah. So what'd you do? And I was broke. That's what I was. That's what I did. I was begging for jobs. I don't know and, what that's like at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just trying to figure it out. I was like, oh, I'll do this. And the funny thing is, is that um, during that time period, uh, I was getting a lot more. Um, people began to see. So what happened was, is I, I left the label, and. Um, there were uh, some of the music and some of the things that I was that I that what I was that I was speaking about was somewhat controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, today's, I mean, it's the kind of stuff that everybody's talking about today. But like 
eight years ago, not eight years ago, six or seven years ago. Like what kind of things? Like race. I was talking yeah. about race and justice issues and police brutality. Which and, wasn't um, being spoken about well, not definitely in Christian, Christian hip-hop. Not definitely in Christian hip-hop and definitely not in Christian mainstream music. Um, yeah. Now you'll find, you know, artists, to some degree, they're talking about these issues. Conferences you know, sure. your, some of your more popular conferences are starting to talk about it. But there were obviously conferences before, you know, that, you know, f- kind of pitched their, you know, pinched their tin on this type of, uh, these types of topics. But, and so I, I was somewhat, uh, you know, ostracized in a sense, um, especially for this album I released called Talent of Tenth. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. so there was a song in there called Jim Crow. And that didn't, just didn't go well with a lot of people. And so I didn't, uh, a lot of times, even if I got offers to perform, they were asking me to to not perform certain songs. For real? Yeah, absolutely. Where and were these, like, were these It was everywhere colleges, from churches to colleges, churches? everything, okay. yeah. Um, one college in particular asked me to not perform the song, but they wanted to do a Q&A about the song afterwards. And I was like, this is sort of weird and stupid. <laughs> well, I say I use the word nigga on a song. Yeah. That's one, and you can bleep that out, I don't know if you can. <laughs> but... Um, but I use it in a context um, that I think is very is necessary, yeah. and it's on the hook, so it's like it's repetitive. <laughs> so, I said a lot, <laughs> but I also use some other language on there that um, that um, certain spaces find uh, troubling. Mm-hmm. And I you can't talk about that stuff. Oh gosh, it's in a of, PG you know, way. It, you know, it's you can't. A, There's no way to. to it's so- an R-rated history. Come on, right? Look at you, Andrew. That's that's what I'm trying to tell these folks. I could, you could just tell them for me. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it, it was a, it was a, it was a pretty dark time for me in a sense that there wasn't a lot of affirmation in the work that I was doing, mm-hmm. especially not publicly. People would come privately and be like, "Hey man, I really like what you're doing." I'm like, "Well, won't you say something really? publicly?" <laughs> yeah. And so not only that, right? So you're 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 emotionally and socially, you're not being like accepted. Financially, I'm not getting a lot of offers because, you know, I'm the controversial. And and you're the sole breadwinner for your exactly, family. Exactly, right? My wife is, hasn't worked in, you know, since we moved to Atlanta. Uh, not, so yeah, it was just, it was just pretty, it was pretty intense. And, but the interesting thing what, that happened was I saw that other, like, though I wasn't getting a lot of offers in like some of the Christian circles and the, uh, especially Christian music circles or festivals, yeah. I would get a lot of offers to speak in places like colleges or like the audience, like church or mm. this space. Definitely some of the places that I weren't getting invited to before because they were like, wow, like, hold up, you're 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 a different voice. Like, we're not used to hearing this type of stuff come from somebody who we thought was extremely conservative or something like that. Sure. Um, and so, you know, it, it's just so that actually opened up my speaking career in a sense because now I'm getting asked to, to do a lot more speaking or panel discussions and and et cetera, et cetera. And people were like, oh, wow, you're like college educated. You're not just a, a rapper. Like you actually went to school and studied anthropology and public administration. And things well, like if that. you listen to your records, you would yeah, know like that. They don't, no, see, don't do that. <laughs> people don't actually listen to albums. And and yeah. so that's when, so it, it, it was interesting. So I kind of waited that season. The Lord helped me better yet. I'm gonna, the Lord like sustained us in amazing ways. There'll be days when I'm like, I don't know how we're gonna pay this rent. I go out to the mailbox literally, and there's a check there that I just totally forgot about. Like I've had that same a random check, experience. just experience. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. So, it's so late. Yeah, it's like God was waiting. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, like mm, okay, no. okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, oh Jesus, we can pay rent and get some groceries. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> 
Uh, anybody want Chick Fil A today? So, um, man, it was it was interesting. But and so then um, I actually started to look for jobs in kind of like the nonprofit sector as well. So, mm. and so some opportunities actually opened up, and uh, that kind of that actually saved my artistic career to actually work outside of art. Because really? what happened was is after that. What, sub- subsequently, what happens is I, you know, I make another album called The Narrative. Yeah. But the reason why I think The Narrative was a, a good album and why I appreciate that album so much is because I didn't have to depend on yeah. getting concerts. I didn't have to depend on like people liking it or people appreciating mm. my voice. I just made an, all, an album that I, was, I wanted to make. Yeah. And without any kind of trepidation or fear of what the you know what what society or, or social social circles would say. And uh, and you know, fortunately enough, uh, I think society somewhat. I hate to I hate to always like when I talk about this. It sounds like I'm some sort of like revolutionary or something. But it, <laughs> society kind of caught up with the music. Yeah. And I, I will say this more so: Christian circles caught up to my music. Yeah. Um, there are obviously academics in other spaces who you know have these conversations regularly, and I began to get invited in those spaces a lot more as well. And um, so now I'm at a place where, and that happened also because I also, um, I started to, I met with Humble Bees. Humble Bees is a label out in Portland. And I've always respected what they do. Yeah. And they knew that I was without a label and they wanted to help brand me as a, you know, a communicator and an artist because mm-hmm. I actually went out to speak at an event for them before I ever uh, signed to a label. And they were like, man, what are you doing? Like, what's your, your career? And I was like, I'm working on some music, but I'm just not really sure what I'm going to do with it. Yeah. And they asked me to send it to them. I sent them the music. And they were like, man, you're just, you're so more than, you're so much more than just an artist. Yeah. You know, or a rapper, better yet. And that's kind of like, was the uh, the start of our, our relationship. And it, I ended up signing a record deal with them. So at, at that point, when, when you were working on the narrative, how much were you speaking versus how much were you playing out as a musician? Yeah, I think I was mostly speaking. Mostly speaking. Yeah, because I didn't, I released Talent 10th in January of 2013. Okay. And so I didn't release... And that album pretty much dried up in 2013. <laughs> like, folks, like all the people who were really, really excited just about that album... Just record scratch. Just, <laughs> and done. Yeah. yeah. The people who were excited about the album, they all hired me to come... Or, Brought me out in 2013, so 2014, 2000. That was the so 2014. I know that year, yeah. And 2015, I think it was. They're just trying to get people to come because they yeah. they like you, yeah. But no one else has heard of it. Nah, it was yeah. just like yeah. So those are 14, 2014 and 2015. Oh, I think were the rough years. Yeah, or it was 2013 and 2014 were okay. the rough years, and then 2015 is when it kind of started turning around. Um, so the narrative I mean, came out in 2016. 16. Okay. So there was a three-year uh, difference in. And that, I mean, that yeah. record made a pretty big splash. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it, it got I some. Mean, I know, probably love. getting not allowed in Lifeway was probably the best thing that could happen <laughs> to you. I'm sure, right? It was, yeah, that that actually helped. <laughs> I, I've had people who's like, "Man, I've never heard of you until Lifeway, and now I'm so glad that Lifeway kicked you." Yeah, out I was like, because... "Well, that made me go. Well, I yeah. got to listen to that record." Yeah, exactly. And uh, I loved it. And yeah. I mean, that was literally how I found out. Yeah. About yep. that record. Yeah. Um, and I remember. I remember uh, last year I played guitar for you right. and you played. Mm-hmm. It came to the Hutchmeet thing. When I got your email address. I emailed you because I love that record. And I said, I feel like every year I hear a few records that feel really important, mm. but I don't know that I've ever heard a record that's important and fun. Yeah. And yeah. I actually like that. I don't just appreciate it as a work of art, but I like put it on to run to because it's just yeah, it's definitely. really good and 
I mean, it's musically really, really fantastic. Thank you. Um, so for you at that point, did you transition into doing more music or has it stayed kind of the it's same stay, for it's, you? No, it's, now it's balanced out a lot more. It's like both music and speaking. Yeah. I, actually, there's the third component now, is, which is into It's kind of like consulting. Okay. Yeah, creative consulting. Yeah. So that's taking up a lot of time. And, and, well. Okay, so what does that look like? Well, for instance, um, and I don't know if I would even consider this consulting, but it was it's definitely been, I was commissioned to help write a play um, based around. I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah. And so um, for, for those who know, this is the 50 year anniversary of MLK's assassination and death. And so the city of Memphis, you know, had a lot of things going on uh, in honor of him. Well, uh, what a lot of people don't know is the reason why Martin Luther King was in Memphis in the first place was because of a sanitation worker strike. Yeah. And he was there to help out with the strike. And so what we wanted to do was to write a play based around the sanitation worker strike. Not around Martin Luther King, but around the strike and around the people who were mostly involved with the strike. And so uh, there was a space called Claiborne Temple, which is was a church during that time where a lot of the organizing uh, gather, happened. Mm. And years later, it was dilapidated abandoned building where some guys bought it to renovate it right outside the city and the national historic trust built a plaza in honor of the sanitation worker strike hmm. and so one of the things that they thought is like how can we commemorate not only this building but the the actual movement and so they were like well let's do a play and so they contacted me and was like and so i partnered with some folks to actually write and develop this play and it, it was amazing so we 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 um did our debut on uh, uh th it was three days of friday saturday and sunday we sold out each night which was a surprise to me i was really? like wow, it's crazy yeah it was amazing is it was is it a is it all speaking is no, it a musical musical, musical. So is it like hip-hop is it soul music? musical okay. soul it, it we tried to keep it toward to the era of the time so okay. like oh. soul blues jazz amazing. um yeah so m most of it is i mean it's it's hip-hop mostly hip-hop but um lots of singing lots of dancing yeah yep. and so now were you in it i was also in it yeah okay. i played um the reverend james lawson who was one of the main yeah. organizers yep so is that still going on? Is that well, right now? No, but we're there's okay. definitely going to be conversations about how do we keep it going. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do it just for. I mean, we did it just for that moment, but we also knew like this could be something special. Yeah, is it all original music? Yeah. Are you going to do something with that music? Well, actually, the, for people who know my album, uh, I am a man. Or I'm mm -hmm. a man. Well, that song was inspired because of the. The, oh really? The, yeah, and so I reappropriated that song for this play. So I, I made some changes to the uh, to the hook, kept the music the same because that sound still has that like that James Brown. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's like kind of like late, early seventies, but still, um, we took that song um, and kind of slowed it down a little bit and just changed the hook a little bit and um, and used it for the play. Yeah, Man, that's great. So this was just this past yeah past week. couple weekends, yep. right? Mm -hmm. So do you think you'll do it again in Memphis, or are you going to try to put it on other cities? We yeah, we're not sure yet. Okay, uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, pretty sure we're going to try to do other cities as well. That's great. And then you know, end up in Broadway. Oh yeah. <laughs> so have you ever done anything like that before? No, that was the first time I'm on this level. Mm -hmm. I mean, college you do, you know. Yeah. I was, you know, with all respect to the work that I, the folks I've participated, but this is the first time I've ever done anything on that level. Yeah. Yeah, with this type of sophistication. I mean, know? that takes. Months and months and months of work for yeah. three nights of performances. Yeah, but we didn't do it in months and months and months. We did it in months. Not months and months and months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just months. 
man. Um, so okay, well, I've got a, I've got a couple other things I want to ask you about mm-hmm. because we've we've only covered like a third of what you actually do. <laughs> well, let's talk about the the new record that just came out. Oh, man, let's do uh, it. Which is fantastic. Thank you. So how long? Okay, so it's a so many feelings. Yeah. It's, a, it's about marriage. Yeah. And how long have you been married? Fifteen years. Okay, me too. Good lord, dude. I know, man. You just copied how me. How old are you? Thirty-eight, thirty-nine. I just turned thirty-nine. I just turned thirty-nine. Yeah, look we're at like that. the same person. We are. We're like I'm a white version of you, not near <laughs> we're as cool. The same guy. Um, our kids are the same age. We're the same. Uh, time. Yeah, so we got married in August of two thousand two. Okay. Um, but I'm listening to the record. I didn't know it. I didn't know it was coming out, and I saw it, it just sort of showed up on Spotify. Yeah, I yeah. Spotify. I didn't tell anybody. And oh, kept, you didn't. I kept it a secret. You did. Yeah. Right. We literally just released it. We put it out. I literally went to go listen to the narrative again and was yeah. like, oh, yeah, he's got a new record. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I'm listening to about halfway through, I'm like, wow, this is nice for them. They've got a, such a better marriage than I have. <laughs> and then it gets to that, was it Silent Treatment yeah. track? No, probably the, the So Many Felons. So, yeah, yeah. It's like all of a sudden it goes, oh, no, yeah. no, no. This is real. They've, re- they've really been married for 15 years. <laughs> like, there's one point where... I don't know if it's your wife or if it's Vanessa Hill, the other yeah, artist. She's not my actual wife, no. Yes, but I mean, I'm not sure whose voice it is. If it's it's her voice, it's that's you, Vanessa Hill's okay. voice. Yeah, it's like you, you're, you, you put two parts of a conversation like you're both fighting, and you oh, hear yeah. you on one side of the. Yeah. I was out running. You, you were on, you're on my left side, I think, and she's yeah, on my right yeah, side. Right, right. And they're both just going at it, like yeah. all the things you think and don't say. Absolutely. How on earth did you pitch this project to your wife? <laughs> you're like, I got an idea. How did, did I, this come about? Did I even say anything? Oh, did, you don't just make this and then show no, no, it to no, no, her. No, 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 no. So what happened was, is my wife and I, for our 14 year anniversary, I think it was, or maybe it was her 40th birthday. We just like we had a whole bunch of fun. Mm-hmm. One of the things that she wanted to do was to do like a photo shoot. Yeah. And so we did a photo shoot, and we did different like you know uh, not costumes but uh, attire. One of the attire, one of the the the, the wardrobe thing. One of the yeah. wardrobe changes we did was like like early 80s hip-hop and so she wanted to do like adidas jumpsuits with like the old adidas and i had like a puma jumpsuit and and we did like these rap poses like old school rap poses and whatnot and so i she loves the pictures i loved them and so one day i was just i just posted on like on instagram i was like me and my wife are about to come out with a a mixtape because we were like you know Uh i said me and my wife are about to come out with a mixtape i think i called it like married to the game or something like that and i and i created a track list and it was like a joke. All this was like a joke. And it was like, did you call a babysitter? Track two. What do you mean you're sleepy? Track three. <laughs> it was like, I thought we had this conversation before. Track four. It's like, and it was, and everybody loved it. Folks were like, oh my yeah. gosh, this is hilarious. I would definitely buy this if you. And I was like, oh, well, hey. I was like, and so I sat there and I thought about it for a while. I was like, yo, this actually would be a good idea. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not making any music right now. Um, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to overcomplicate it. Like I didn't want to do like the whole like what I did with the narrative. Where mm-hmm. I'm going out and you know every song's live instrumentation and you know all this stuff. So I was yeah. like, well, how Tons can I make of features exactly? Just, yeah, I was just like, how can I just make this like extremely simple? And I was thinking, I was like, I, it has to be a song. I mean, an album with another like another female artist. So yeah, I was thinking of like the people that I would do it with, and some of the folks that I was thinking, I was like, well, she's too busy. Like, you know, they're too famous. <laughs> and I was like, this, this would take too long. <clears throat> and then I was like, well, dang, like, how would I get the music as well? So I was like thinking about producers. And so I reached mm-hmm. out to the, 
a gentleman, uh, Nate the Breedbreaker, who does a lot of who did a lot of music on narrative. I was like, hey man, would you be interested in doing a whole project with me? Yeah. And um, he was like, yeah man, what are you? And I pitched him the idea, and he was like, well, I have an artist on my label that I think you would love, and it was Vanessa Hill. Hmm. And she had done a feature on my last album, but I, you know, I never met her. Oh, it really? Was just like, okay. He sent it because it was a song he produced, and he was like, "Hey, I think I got a young lady who put her on the hook." Yeah. Yeah, and we were, and she was perfect. Hmm. She's amazing. She's talented. So that's that's how we uh, kind of worked out. And I kind of, I think I told my wife that I, once she saw the post, I, I was like, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna try to do this." And she was like, "Well, just don't be putting my business out on the street." <laughs> so, did like, you share oh, those songs with her before? Some of them, yeah, not all of them. I think yeah. some of them, um, yeah. But we're pretty, like, yeah, we're pretty kind of like open. Yeah, yeah. We don't. She doesn't trip. I think that's part of why our marriages has been somewhat successful is because we don't try to fake like, like we allow our our door to be revolving in a sense that we want people to kind of see and witness, mm. and we're open about our flaws and the things that we think we've succeeded in. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do interviews and talk about it in my marriage, and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and you invite other voices to be a part of the project. Yeah. So yeah. who are those other people that... Well, the first people just kind of dropping wisdom throughout yeah. the whole project. So my wife is the first one to drop wisdom. Okay. She's amazing. Um, so she's the first... Her and I are the first two, I think. Oh, that's you guys talking about, like, how you met each other. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then... Um, you know, serve. There's a serve interlude that she she talks on. Then the next interlude is like one of my best friends and his wife, Adam mm -hmm. Thomason and Dontoya. They live out in Phoenix. He is a he was a pastor. He's more of like a uh, he works with the Justice Conference now. Okay. Uh, so just sharp, wise guy. Another um, couple of old pastor friend of mine um, named James Roberson, James and Natasha Roberson. Mm. They were like my campus ministers when, when I was still in college. Oh, wow. And so still good friends. And then lastly was Carl and Karen Ellis. And they're just amazing, like Jedis. They're like, they're amazing people. And they're actually out of Chattanooga. And so, uh, yeah, just, we actually, I intended to have more, but I sent it out to people and they would say that I didn't give them enough time. So it's like, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I sent it out to like six people. Sure. Uh, well, we intended to have more songs, but we end up because of time. We it's a good length, man. Yeah, I mean, it feels yeah. really. Yeah. It's good because it kind of hooks you. Yep. And then it gets really heavy. Yeah. Like it yeah. gets real. Yeah. And then the last couple tracks are just so. Yeah, it's it's a really great project, man. I, Thank I, you. I strongly encourage people to go listen to it. Okay, so you got that going on, but you're not. Are you touring that? I mean, you, we're about to start touring. You're about that. To, okay. Yeah. Are, you, are you a bunch of shows? Are you doing probably no, nah, probably no, probably. We're gonna to try to do big cities that okay. we feel like we can, yeah, do a decent job at selling out or getting a decent crowd. Yeah, yeah. and that'll be you and Vanessa. We'll do yeah. that together. Okay. Yeah, so it'll probably great. be about six to eight. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll put Nashville on there. <laughs> um, okay, so but aside from that, you've got okay. What is the the fourth fourth district? Fourth district. That's a website. Yep. Okay. That I, that I help start. Yeah, co on. Okay, and that's like news and reviews. Yeah, and... it's just, it's a it's a culture site. We call it like a site of culture curating. Uh, curating. We there's a lot of podcasts, different podcasts mm -hmm. on their site, different uh, music reviews, et cetera, stuff yeah. like that. Um, so it's mostly uh, a, a website for like cultural critique. Yeah. And curating. Yeah. Okay. And how active are you in that? Uh, not 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 as active as it used to be. Okay. I, I do a show called I Got Something to Say, and that's pretty much it. Got where it. it's like an internet 
talk show where I interview oh, folks. Yeah, and we we feature like a musical guest. Do it's, it's somewhat of like a variety show meets a, a talk show. Oh, did I gotta check that out? Yeah, that sounds great. It's um yeah. So the, the first couple episodes we had some skits. Then I did like some interviews and like musical. There's musical performances on there. We just, yeah, we're trying to try to give people a good like education while at the same time entertaining. Okay. Yeah. And then there's the and campaign. I've seen you post about. Yeah, that. it sounds like a lot. You you've named a lot of stuff. I'm starting to think like, man, like why am I doing so? Well, I just I, <laughs> I, I, I sort of looked before you came over. I sort of looked through like. You know, read your bio on your site. And I was like, God, this dude has done like, a, like I knew of like half these things, and then just today, I was like, Goodness there's even gracious. more of them. Yeah, that's I'm made, overwhelmed just thinking about it. Yeah, I know you made me feel tired just yeah. reading it. The Ant Campaign, yeah, that's a um, social political organization that I helped start with a, a good brother, a lawyer in the city of Atlanta named Justin Gibney, and a pastor, Angel Maldonado. Hmm. And it's just, it's just really, man. I think. We live in a time where people are just politically confused, and they're just, in some senses, like they're un they're unaware and also just uninformed. So a lot of our our you know vitriol is because people just don't know how to have healthy discussions with one another, yeah. and we don't know how our faith should inform our politics, and so we just allow political postures to inform everything. So this is a this is a not a site. This is an organization that is trying to posture discussions and, and humility, while at the same time holding like tightly to the convictions of the scriptures, while while believing that within that there's justice and dignity mm -hmm. to all people. Yeah. And uh, so we're just trying to bring these worlds of justice and, and biblical thought together, which the Bible I think believes um, uh, calls us all to do. Yeah, and what does that look like in practice? Are you do, is it conferences? Is it events? well? It's more it... so like trying to inform churches, pastors, and individuals mm. on like policy, political engagement. Um, trying to start chapters around the country to just help engage and uh, facilitate discussions. One to equip and inform churches and Christians, but then also like to help uh, not necessarily lobby for policies, but how do we begin to um, inform people the dangers and the, the the benefit of particular policies that are in our country. So yeah. especially at a local level too. So like there are there are policies that are coming through and a lot of folks don't know how to vote on these policies or they don't know like there's a runoff for mayor. Like I don't know who I should vote for for mayor. This yeah. is not like the We're national... not paying attention like exactly, we are for, right? Yeah. But like it probably affects your real life more. Exactly. Absolutely. And so these are the things that's like, well here this is how you you know, so we we literally did a one of our videos we did was a a live discussion about the mayoral race in Atlanta. Hmm. Like, here's what each person believes and thinks, and here's their history. This is some of what they've done in the past. We're not going to tell you who to vote for. We're just going to tell you this is what, um, and we try to be as fair as possible, you know. Yeah. And so present that information to people. Um, for instance, there was another time when the, um, like when the religious liberties bill went through North Carolina, we pulled it out, we read it, we read through it. Mm -hmm. Said, what does this bill look? Like? What does it mean? Like, what is it? Um, yeah. Um, same thing with the uh, healthcare bill. Because uh, the Senate didn't get to read it. Yeah, exactly. It's deep. It's, <laughs> and there's so much religious, I mean, not religious, so much political and legal language and some of that stuff. Like, you can read it and you still may not. And that's why it's good to have lawyers around. Like, so we yeah. have lawyers who actually are able to communicate. Like, this yeah, is what this means. Translate it, yeah. Exactly. And then you're like, oh, okay, I get it now. Or you're like, oh, I see. They're trying to pull that one over on it. You know, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> It's just subtle things like that that you try to you try to um, inform people. Okay. We're definitely not trying to create a third party. Um, 
but we are definitely wanting people to... that guy is definitely <laughs> rocking the leaf blower out exactly. there. <laughs> but we definitely leave boy behind and say, hey, turn it up. But if we, um, we're definitely trying to get people to, to question their political allegiance a little bit more, though. Mm-hmm. Like, are you just a Democrat just because you've always been a Democrat? Or are you a Democrat because you truly believe that, especially for Christians, that you truly believe that the values expressed by these politicians are those that line up best with the scriptures. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, the Republican Party. So, um, yeah. That's a big vision, man. Yeah. It's a tall task, yep. Yeah. So, okay, so with all that, what do you spend, what does a week look like for you? It's like, what is your place. What is your monthly life look like? There's also something very important that you didn't, there's another organization I hope. Oh, the yeah, Terminus. Terminus, there you go. Yeah. And that's... that. So that's good. Honestly, that's probably going to be taking up the most of my time coming up in the future. Okay. Because... Um, that's going to be potentially a full-time responsibility. Um, they asked me to be executive director, and mm. I said yes. Um, but we're going to be changing some of the model. But that is, uh, that's just trying to take these uh, the philosophy of faith and work and make it really practical on a day-to-day. Okay. It's like, well, we recognize that vocation is important. We understand that our faith should you know inform us how we work. But there are issues in our city. So how do we address those issues? Should we start a business? Should we, should I start, just do a project? Should I team up with other people within my field? And we want to be able to help people answer those questions. If you want to start a business, well, how can we help you start a business? Yeah. You want to do a project? Well, how can we help you galvanize around it? You want to get other with other med- medical professionals and just have discussions around theology and you know medicine and blah 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 blah. Let's help you do that. Yeah. And so that's what we want to do as a as an organization. And so my weeks look like. Right now, I try to be very intentional about mapping out, like, these hours are going to be dedicated for this. Yeah. I got to learn how to say no a lot, too, to to people yeah. and things. But um, as far as 4th District, there's not a lot of time, you know. It's I, almost I'll, a hobby. Yeah, it's more of a hobby. Yeah. And don't let the people at 4th District hear this. Um, I'll take that so, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, music and speaking is usually rele- relegated to a weekend. Yeah. Um, or, like, you know, every so often throughout the month. And uh, so the ad campaign is similarly, it is more event based right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now the things that really kind of take my time are the um, is terminus and uh, family, friends, and et cetera, stuff like that. Yeah. So terminus is that is there an office? Are you working from home? Like what is? It what used is to be it, an office. Now we do like? virtual. Okay. Yeah, virtual. You we, we you. The way we used to do it is that every month we would host these conversations uh, around mm-hmm. an issue in the city, and we would bring like experts in the field to yeah. come talk about them, and then we would try to create like little cohorts around those yeah you know, those discussions. Um, now we're trying to move that to more quarterly and okay. to get more into the implementation rather yeah. than just the discussions. That's cool. One of the sponsors of this podcast is the Nashville Institute for Faith and Work, yep. which sounds very yep. I know Missy. Similar. I've met yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And so we came down and uh, and uh, kind of like watched and saw what they do, and hmm. um, we we were very we were definitely very similar to what they do. We're kind of now doing a three sixty and probably gonna do some things much differently than what we were doing because. Um, there are two, you know, the credit of Nashville, Gotham, Denver, other institutions like this. They're doing great things, um, but we feel like we want to do something a little different. Yeah, yeah. Become more of a, I guess you can call it an incubator of sorts. But 
Yeah. That's really cool. So yeah. you're, will you spend a lot of time kind of one-on-one with people with small groups? Yeah, or? well, it will be. It yeah. will be. Right now we, we're having to redevelop the the structure, come up with, you know, operational structures, yeah. business plans, all this other stuff. So it's been, it's been, I've been out of my depth, you know what I mean? A little bit. Yeah. But I have a great team and, uh, and, um, uh, board. And so, you know, for those who don't know, we're here recording an art house. So one of the things that we want to do is kind of create something like this yeah. um, in Atlanta. That's awesome. And so, so like I said, I'm going to literally take some pictures and I'm going to take a picture <laughs> outside and say, hey, look, because we, we, we talked about the art house as an example of one of the things we wanted to do. Yeah. Because um, I, when, I, when I shared the idea with one of my board members, he said, you need to check out the art house. So we went to the website mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, this is cool. Like, I, yeah. And I saw some of the guys from Hutch Moot and yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like, I'm familiar with these guys, these guys, and so yeah, yeah, that's great. So yeah, if we have, if you come to Atlanta, we have something called the Art District. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so what what can I ask? What led you to want to take a a job like this, a nine to five, a yeah. very business? I mean, it seems like yep. it's very creative and very uh, it involves you interacting with a lot of people. Yeah, but it's not. This is not road music life. No, it's I mean, not. What, I don't really like road music life. I like traveling. I like traveling and I like culture and I like experiences, but I don't like the business of music at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. I love solutions. I, I like I like solving problems. I like yeah. being able to like see a problem and say how galvanize people around and say, Hey, how can we address this? And so I feel like Terminus is that opportunity. Hmm. So will you continue to do speaking and music? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't want to, you know, um, I don't know. I don't trust the music industry enough. Hey, <laughs> I tell you, those two years, oh. bro, those two years were rough. <laughs> and so I do not trust the music industry at all for me to say, you know what, all my hat, all my eggs are going to be in this one basket. Mm-hmm. I just don't do it. I don't think it's wise, um, but, you know, there are some people who can't afford to do that. Um, and I... And I, I am able to do that now, but I don't want to, uh, I, I, you know, and then I just don't find joy in that just being my, you know, my only form of uh, yeah. vocation and income. So Well, and like you said, there were, the reason that the narrative was so powerful for you is yeah. that it wasn't tied 100% to your well-being. Yeah. And that gives you the freedom to actually make the art you want to make. Yeah, and I can make it as slow as I want to make it as well. Like, I didn't have to rush to make it. I yeah. just, you know, we made it. Yeah, it took us pretty much like, I thought I turned this phone off, man. Oh, goodness gracious. It took us like three years, I think it was. Um, not two years, about two years to make that out. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, from the time we made the first song to the last song, it was a two-year process. Wow. So are you working on a new show record at this point? No, not right now. Okay. No. Yeah, so many feelings was was fun, and it. Uh, I'm actually more interested in trying to continue to potentially build out this play a little more. Yeah, because we weren't able to 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 do all the songs we really wanted to. Uh, we did about sixty five, seventy percent of what we wanted to do hmm. um, with the play. And that's great. Yeah. Okay, so let me end with this question: when when you sit next to somebody on an airplane. I act like they're not sitting next to me. I okay. fall asleep. But they're, but they're obnoxious, and they're not going to let you They're like, hey, sleep. what are you watching on Netflix? They're so excited that they're sitting next to someone that they can talk to. And they say, so, what's your name? And you say, my name's... And uh-huh. they say, where are you from? You say, Atlanta. And then they say, so what do you do? Uh-huh. What do you say? It depends. It's, it Honestly, it's, 
<laughs> it depends who's sitting next to me, what I think they want to hear. Okay. I was like, yeah, I think it's you want to It's a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure exactly. answer. It is. A, and, and you know what? I play that game sometimes. I play like, let me see how fun I can make this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I. Uh, it just depends. Honestly, it really just depends. I'll... I'll I hardly, I hardly ever tell people that I'm a rapper. Yeah, because they ask the questions that lead into rapping is just like I don't feel like dealing with this. Really? Yeah. So I usually either say I'm a creative consultant, or I work in a creative consulting spaces, or I work I'm a creative or an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I say um, I, I do like a lot of speaking, so I'll say like I'm itinerant speaker. I speak about justice issues, faith. You know, blah 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 blah. Yeah. blah. Um. Yeah. Also, talk about you know I help run a nonprofit that does blah 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 blah. Sure. Yeah. So you so, have a lot of choices. Yeah, I do. Does it stress you out not having one clear defined sometimes, thing? Sometimes it does. Cause yeah, sometimes it does. Cause I feel like I I could be great. I truly believe I can be amazing if I just picked one thing, maybe two things. But how do you do that? I don't know. I, I do not yeah, know. I can't even. Yeah. I've tried that's once boring. and it was a failure. Yeah. <laughs> You know I'll tell what? you that story after the podcast. I five things because this one thing is just <laughs> not working out. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. I saw a t-shirt or I don't know what I, but there was a sign that was like, um, um, what she you say? Organized people are just too lazy to look for stuff. <laughs> I was That's like, pretty good. That's my life. I love That's it. It's pretty good. I love it. Just yeah. like, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be that lazy person. I don't think anyone would accuse you of thing. that. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's like, you know, let's let's make this interesting. So, yeah. That's me, brother. That's, that's great. That's who I am. Well, thanks for coming by, man. Thank you very much. Really me. enjoyed it. Bless it. So great. I told you guys, isn't he fascinating? Uh, you really want to check out those records, So Many Feelings, and the narrative. I can't say enough about how much I love that record. You can find out more about him at showbaraka, S-H-O-B-A-R-A-K-A dot com. also want to say thanks again to our new sponsors, the Nashville Institute for Faith and Work, NIFW.org, and the Global Counseling Network, globalcounselingnetwork.com. Uh, both fantastic organizations, and I'm so thrilled to be partnering with people who are doing the work that we're talking about here on The Pivot. So please go check those people out, and you'll be hearing about them over the next few months. So uh, thank you guys again for listening. AndrewOsinga.com, EverybodyPivots.com. We'll see you again next week. Glad to be back. Now go do something awesome. Mm -hmm.